This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Here we go. It's hour three of the G-Bag Nation on 105.3 The Fan. We have two bet payoffs down already today. The question for Stephen Jones happened live at about 3.13 if you want to go back and listen. Brian Broaddus just took care of his wasabi gel. It's still burning. Upper lip bet payoff. Yeah, I think you need vinegar uh, to rub across that to neutralize from what I've researched. And okay, read. wow. Um, and, and Dawson has rash experience. Eric Chiafalo is halfway through his gallon of milk, milk bet payoff or so. He's coming up on a half gallon in. And uh, we have more uh, hijinks in store as a quadruple bet payoff Friday, a football Friday, is, uh, is about halfway done here in the G-Bag Nation. Okay, we're going to talk some college football because the Natty's coming up on Monday night. And uh, one of our favorite guests that has joined us all year long, thanks to our friends at Bet Online, is Danny Cannell. And he joins you now here in the G-Bag Nation. And a good afternoon, sir. How the heck are you? What's up, fellas? I mean, it sounds like I'm missing on all the fun. I, like, is yeah. there a is that a, a wasabi dip? Is that what I mean? Like a like a lipper? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, it's a I, it's the actual like the wasabi ball, Danny. They, and I had to put it on my lip as a mustache, as a not, mustache. A, not a lipper. Yeah, for an oh, hour. Okay, yeah, not yeah, outside oh, okay, as okay. outside. Yeah, wasabi would be a nice you. flavor to get like in skull or something like that. I think though, <laughs> zin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. An interesting flavor. <laughs> so no, in pouch. Wow. We're, you know, we're just doing radio bits and trying to entertain the audience. You know how it is, it is as an experienced broadcaster like yourself at this point in your career, right? Do whatever no it doubt. takes. I mean, absolutely. Whatever it takes. I love it, man. It's great to be on with you guys. Okay, well, let me ask you, what do you think would be worse? 60 minutes of the wasabi mustache on your face, Danny, or over the course of the, the five-hour show, consume a full gallon of the wholest milk uh, imaginable? I got to be honest. I think it's the wasabi would be easier. I think I would do the wasabi. I don't mind spicy food. I like a little sushi. I can take it. Um, and especially since it's on the outside. Now, if you had to, like, keep it in your mouth, yeah. I think that would be a different one. And I would definitely, after a gallon of, uh, a gallon of like, whole milk, I would probably be yakking, you know, within an hour. Or I don't even know if I would survive the whole show. Like, that's, that's where I would go. My wife is super healthy. I, this is kind of embarrassing that I have to admit this. I haven't had real milk probably since I've been married, which is like 15 years. She wow. gives me almond milk, rice yeah. milk, so like all those different milks. So we don't even get milk in our house. So I absolutely, my body would reject it in the worst way possible. Danny, this is this wasabi thing is like wearing the old uh, like Tiger Bomb or Icy Hot. You know, back in the day Ooh. when you used to put yeah. it on your back and your arm, shoulder area. Yeah. Yeah, it's, oh, yeah. It's, it's very much like that, and it, it is tearing me up right now on my lip. <laughs> well, well, power through. I'm trying. Uh, to make sure you can, yeah, you can't, can't wipe it off early. No. Nope. Make sure you power through. Danny, I do imagine these last couple of weeks for a Florida State fan and alum and, and player like yourself has been pretty much a bet payoff, uh, you know, watching this whole thing go down without you, hasn't it been? 
Yeah, definitely. But I, I thought Florida State was off limits. I thought I told your producer we're not allowed to talk to them yep. after that embarrassing Orange Bowl. Like, <laughs> that was off limits. So now I'm just really irritated. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was rough, though. Like, right, it, I mean, 63-3. to three, I mean, sure. I don't care who's sitting out. It's embarrassing. It's a massacre. And I am generally curious. I had a lot of, you know, a lot of trolls coming at me saying, oh, this is going to set back the program for five years. They're going to be in the tank now. I'm not willing to go that far. I mean, you can recognize that, you know, what was missing from that team. But Georgia had a lot of players missing, too. I do think Mike Norvell, like, I trust him in that position. But I, the whole bowl season, to me, is one big joke. You know, outside the playoffs, which, yeah. you know, are phenomenal. It's, it's just you never know what you're going to get. Who wants to be there is the question we ask. And then who's playing is the next question. And, like, sometimes you see teams go out, they're fired up for whatever reason. The coach, maybe he's a miracle worker as far as, a, you know, a, a pregame speech giver or, you know, getting them ready to play. Other times you see teams just, you know, not ready to go. And for whatever reason, I, I thought Florida State had, a, you know, an excuse. Now, I don't like excuses as a competitor. I don't like the fact the players – opted out and said, hey, we're not going to play in this game. Um, but at the same time, in the aftermath of the committee, you know, leaving them out, Florida State getting snubbed, I thought Florida State should have boycotted the bowl, like just said, sat out altogether. If you don't think Florida State's good enough for the playoff, why are we good enough for the Orange Bowl? And essentially, I think that's what they did. I mean, I think they kind of did boycott the Orange Bowl without physically, you know, uh, not going to the game. I think they did clearly boycott the game. In spirit, at least, uh, Danny Cannell yeah. here. Uh, spitting fire and we're off and running with uh, with some great takes there from you now what do you think as as far as if they had played their guys could they have played with you know the teams that we did see in in the final four I think unquestionably yes yeah and like and that's it's a really hard point to make now after we watch what happened but you have to consider the amount of production that was on the sidelines and I think Georgia Georgia is a school that has had for since Kirby's been there, so seven or eight years, they've had top five recruiting classes. Florida State is kind of new in this territory, and they've been building on Transfer Portal, and they just had their first top five class in about 10 years. So the depth clearly isn't there. But with a full complement you know, uh, of characters, even without Jordan Travis, they had their two top receivers and Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson, who are both going to be probably – Keon Coleman, I think, is going to be a day-one draft pick. Johnny Wilson will play yeah. two. They had their best running back sit out, Trey Benson. They had their best tight end, Jaheim Bell. They had their best pass rusher, Jared Kirst. And then there's the mentality of, like, what happens when those players sit out. It's tough to overcome that for a young team. And then all of a sudden it goes sideways and you're, you're done. But I do think that defense, to me, would have kept them in the game, especially versus Michigan. Like, the matchup, I think, would have played out similarly to the way it played out for Alabama. Like Florida State's defense, I think, would have done maybe even a better job than Alabama's, you know, kind of containing Michigan's offense. And, I mean, if, if you, we were worried about Jordan Travis not playing, Jalen Milrow only threw for 118 yards. Brock Glenn, the true freshman who played in the ACC championship game, which was the reason that that left out, he, he threw for 136 yards. Like, it wasn't yeah. anything to write home about, but it was more than Jalen Milrow. And they had, they, they had the other quarterback, Tate Rodemaker, the other backup would have played, who played you know, uh, more than adequate against Florida. I'm sure some people are rolling their eyes. I can, I can feel it right now that are listening. State guy. 
but we'll never know. And it's just an argument can make it either way. Cause I can totally understand people that say, ah, oh, they would have gotten boat race. They would have been a, you yeah. know, a two touchdown underdog. Cause that was the hypothetical, the look ahead line had Florida state gotten in against Michigan, I think was 12 and a half, 13, but we've seen teams win as underdogs before. And I would have, I would have absolutely snatched up Florida state in the points, but we'll never know, which I think is one of the biggest reasons I'm upset about it is I felt like Florida state deserved to have that opportunity even if they would have been a more a significant underdog, they have to recognize the regular season, which they completely ignored yeah. by allowing Alabama to lose against Texas and not be penalized for it. Well, Dan, I'm, I'm not going to make you feel any better here, but I the two best teams I saw during the season when everybody was involved, everybody's health and everything, was Florida State and Washington. Those were the two yeah. best teams that I – when you looked at – you know, and again, I'm an LSU man. I saw opening day what Florida State – potentially could do and what kind of season they could have but you 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 give florida state all their players that is one of the best teams in college football in, in my opinion so i'm sad that you guys didn't get i, I kind of understand what you know they're trying to do here but uh, but with all that being said how do, how does washington as how do they beat michigan in this game is it going to come down to big plays is, is it can michigan stop the big play uh in, in this one so I don't think they'll, like, shut them out. I don't think you're going to see a shutout. I think you almost have to look at Washington and say they're going to get two touchdowns somewhere Yeah. just because they have not only Michael Penix, but they have three of the best receivers in the country. Like, their wide receiving core is deep. It's not only Roma Dunze, who, you know, some people, he's starting to grain St. Gaines yeah. traction, saying he's better than Marvin Harrison Jr. Right. They also have Jalen Polk and Jalen McMillan. And as much as you're going, they're going to try to pressure him, I just feel like Kalen DeBoer, the head coach of Washington, is an outstanding play caller. They're going to get a free guy. They're going to have. They're going to expose a coverage. You know, Michigan will bust a coverage, and they'll get 14 points. So I think they'll give up some big plays. But I, I don't. I also don't think Washington is going to light up the scoreboard against Michigan's defense. Mm. Like I think. But the the good news, if you're a Washington fan, they have won. You know, deep with their defense before they had a 15 to seven win against Arizona State. They won like 24 to 22 against Washington State. You know, there was an Oregon State game, I think, was, you know, one of those games were right around there in the low 20s. So they've proven they can win lower scoring with defense, but I don't think it was against the type of offensive line and run game that they're going to face with the Michigan Wolverines. It's Danny Cannell brought to you by Bet Online. A lot of the conversation here, of course, is, um, you know, the, the Longhorns. Where were they lacking most? Where do they go from here, in, in, in your opinion, and, and can, they, uh, can they stay up here? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was – I thought I mean, I, I'm sure there's some Longhorn fans that feel like it was a missed opportunity, and I would agree, especially in this type. I mean, we're talking about Florida State. It felt as wide open for the four teams that got in as it's ever been in the history, the 10-year history, that really anybody could win it, and that includes Texas. Um, I think they're short, and the, you know, the secondary, I think, got exposed somewhat. Now, that was an incredible uh, performance from Washington, but that's been their weakness all season long. You know, I, I think that's been an issue. I think that's one area they've got to get better. I think the offensive and defensive lines are good enough, um, and now it just becomes like a depth issue. They've got to get more depth because when they go to the SEC, it is. is I've been as much of an SEC antagonist as anybody, but it is going to be a gauntlet, especially now with the schedules, with the expansion, and with Oklahoma, Texas going, it is brutal. So they have to add depth. And I do think at quarterback, they have to take the next step. Like, I think Quinn Ewers was a really, really good quarterback at Texas. I don't think he was great. I think he can be. 
But in order to do that, like, keep commanding to a lot of people think can be great, which I think is a really good thing. Like, I think Sark is in a really good position because he can let them compete for it in the spring. You'll find out your answer. And next year, let's say Quinn Ewers beats him out because he's an experienced guy. He's going to have to elevate his game to keep Texas where they are because he's shown at times, I mean, the game he had against Alabama was awesome. And it was just, and for whatever reason, he does feel like he rises to the occasion against the, you know, on the biggest stages, but now he's got to maintain that level because those middle of the road SEC games are where you can get clipped. And that's where he's got to, you know, continue to excel and he's got to stay healthy. You know, I mean, it's second year in a row, he's missed a little bit of time. He's had injuries. So I think quarterback has to be shored up a little bit more either with, you know, Quinn Ewers taking a step up, being more consistent, or with that Arch Manning waiting in the wings, maybe it's his time to go too. What are you hearing about Arch Manning? Do you believe he can, you know, continue the family legacy? I just had this conversation with somebody that's, you know, very familiar with Texas program. And he said, you know, he was telling, I said, what's he like at practice on a daily basis? And he said, oh, he's, he's a Manning. Like, you can kind of tell. And I think you can tell, like, the way he handles himself with the press. Um, he's very mature. He's very polished. Uh, you can tell he's been around people that know the game. And I like the way he's handled himself. Like, he hasn't – I don't think he's been above it. I think he's come in there, humbled himself, and kind of checked his ego at the door if there isn't, you know, an ego. And he's kind of done and gone about his work. But I do think he's put on a lot of weight. And he's kind of matured, which is totally normal and necessary for a freshman to come in. Um, and I think he's been absorbing the system faster than most people thought, which, again, I think that's a credit to kind of the lineage and the ability that it's kind of in your blood. And you've been talking ball for so long that you understand a lot of those concepts. So, yes, I think it's almost an impossible task for him. And I feel bad for him that he's going to have to try to live up to his uncles and his grandfather. But if anybody seems ready to do it, it sure seems like it's him and I think that's one of the reasons he chose Texas. Like, he's going to have good talent around him. They're going to have a good offensive line. They're going to have good weapons on the outside. And he's going to have a great play caller in Sark. So, I think it's all set up for him to succeed. Does it get any more perfect than uh, Brian Ferentz's, uh Iowa offense not scoring a touchdown in the final 163 minutes and 22 seconds of their season and his tenure as their OC? Oh, my goodness. Well, that was That was so gross. It really was. I mean, and it's been such a thing, the drive to 325, which the amount of points that he had to score, and, of course, he came up well short, and now he's moving on. I feel bad for Kirk Ferentz because I think he's an incredible coach, but, like, he's it's his son, right? He's so loyal to his son, which I completely understand. Like, if I, you know, I have all daughters, but if I employed them, I would want to keep them employed, right, and work with them. It'd be fun to go to work with your son uh, every day. But I think it was just the writing was on the wall that it was so obvious. And they put those standards in, in that, you know, barometer for a reason. So they had an out at the end of the year. I just, what I would wonder if I'm an Iowa fan is Kirk Ferentz. Like I don't picture him bringing in any version of the air raid or some high powered offense. That's going to spread you out and go no huddle. I think he's probably going to go get something, uh, just a tweak of Brian Ferentz still keep it old school, old school and just with a few wrinkles, which if you're an Iowa fan, I don't know how excited you are by that. Danny Cannell, bet online. We, we got to run. I'm sure you do too, but what's your favorite bet to make uh, on the Natty Monday night? Where, where are we putting our money? Lamb with Michigan. I just, the, the last several last favorites in the national championship game have won by double digits. I think they're the better team. It scares me though. Kalen DeBoer is five and zero as an underdog, not only against the spread, but straight up. 
But I do think that run comes to an end, and I think Michigan runs the ball, keeps it away from Penix and that offense. Uh, Washington's defense, 130th in the country in success rate against the run. They're not very good. That plays right into Michigan's strength. So I think Blake Corm has a big game. I like the, the Michigan Wolverines to win and win big. Thanks for your insights, uh, sir, and, and we'll look forward to catching up with you next year. Absolutely. You guys are awesome, man. Have a great day. We'll see you. Salute. There he goes, Danny Cannell with you here on 105.3 The Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.